Defended by Simmons. Is this the Tiger? Hello and welcome back to the Battleborn Leafs podcast. I'm your host as always, Joshua Anselmo. Here to talk to you guys today, of course, about your favorite team in the NHL, your Toronto Maple Leafs. The Leafs do have a game tonight. They're taking on the Ottawa Senators live from Belleville. Um, It's a 7 p.m. puck drop. The Leafs lineup for this one, we're going to do a preview uh, towards the end of this episode as today's a little bit of a different topic, but... The lineup is not a lot of uh, NHL talent. It's not heavy with uh, players you're probably going to see on opening night, but there's a lot of bubble roster players, a lot of guys that uh, you're going to want to watch to see. And this is the whole point of preseason, right? You're going to want to see how these young guys show out and play. So I highly suggest watching tonight's game despite uh, the NHL talent. But today's episode, we're going to do the preview uh, towards the end, like I said. But today's episode, I'm excited. Why? Because this is the first time we're going to be rolling out to you guys um, an idea that me and producer Ethan were talking about this summer where after games we're going to have these little film review breakdowns. Um, I'm going to go back, watch the game, take some notes, break down anything that I noticed from the game that, you know, when you're watching a game on live TV, uh, it's very high speed, right? Very high pace. You don't really pick up on the little things. So uh, I'm going to take the time out of my day to go back and rewatch these games and just kind of take some notes and then bring them here to talk with about you uh, with you guys and uh, you know I'm excited for it I think there's a lot of good insight that you're gonna get from this and I think this helps both of us um, you know from what I want to do eventually when I get older and you know for Lee fans to kind of help share my insight on what I picked up let's start with the opening period right and Nick Robertson's goal was kind of the highlight and you know rewatching this on the tape I couldn't help but notice uh, well actually first let's get this out of the way Rewatching the game, I thought the Leafs' structure was really, really good. Despite losing defensemen and putting forwards on D, their structure was good. Their breakouts were good for the most part. Um, you know, they kept Montreal to the perimeter when in the attacking zone. Uh, the Canadians really didn't have much uh, offensive scoring chances. Some high danger area areas. Uh, a lot of it was quiet, and that's what you want to see. And um, you know, it, it really paid off. Not only for Matt Murray, but for Eric Schalgren as well when he came in for relief. There was that one, in, like that, there's two situations I highlighted uh, that Montreal almost scored on that I'm going to talk about in a bit. But uh, for the most part, I thought the structure was good and I was really happy with this performance from the Maple Leafs. Uh, let's get back to what I was saying though. So Robertson's goal, right, you know, comes streaking on in from the left side, puts one five hole. That's a goal that Montembeau is going to want back for sure. That's another point where I was talking about, you know, Nick Robertson in the last episode. I'm kind of concerned with his finishing ability. That wasn't, you know, a fantastic shot. Uh, you know, five-hole shot, those are always nice. Um, as a goalie myself, you know, the five holes, uh, very hard to stop sometimes. And, you know, just the speed Robertson was coming on in, uh, you know, that that's a positive sign. You know, he finished the shot there. But also, the, I think if you have... Uh, you know, a Connor Hellebuck or a Mark Strum or a Demko, one of the top end goalies in the National Hockey League. I think that's one they have pretty easily. Um, you know, like I said, I, I'm a goalie myself. And one thing they've always taught you growing up when I played uh, was you should never be beaten on your five holes. So 
you know, credit to Robertson. Um, I was pretty harsh on him on the last episode, but you know, going back and rewatching the game, I was really impressed with him. He did a lot of good things tonight. Um, besides one instinct where uh, I'm going to talk about the next point. But the reason I'm bringing up the Robertson goal is because if you go back and watch, I was very high on Mark Giordano this offseason. I kept defending him. Um, you know, I had the chance to speak with him as well this summer, like I mentioned before on this ep- on this podcast. Uh, he's really excited. Um, you know, he loves this area. He, he even went and said uh, in one of his interviews, uh, this training camp, that, you know, the city has passion and stuff like that. And, um Mark Giordano's underrated offensive ability came into effect uh, in this game. And just the ability, and I said, he's going to get some points. And I talked about it when me and Mitch did that fantasy episode. I said, Mark Giordano's an underrated guy, in my opinion, to draft in your leagues because last season he was on a 40 point pace after the trade to Toronto. And yes, at his age, he's not the guy that he used to be where he's going to carry it through the neutral zone and go end to end. He's more of a quick pass kind of guy and on the breakouts to hit your flanks. And he did that to a T in this one. Uh, the way he was just able to pick up on the Leafs breakout before uh, Montreal was really able to get set up. He finds Robertson quickly like a quarterback in the NFL, sets up Robertson for the stretch pass, and away he goes to score the, that goal. So credit to Mark Giordano. He got another point. He had a great game on Saturday. Had a great game here tonight, especially in the defensive zone. Um, you know, sometimes playing with a forward, he was still very, very good. And that is what I love to see at his age. He looks like he's in perfect shape and he is going to be huge for the bottom pairing and offensively. Don't be surprised. He puts up a better number than most project for his point totals this season. Now, the next thing I noted here, and you know, I'm sorry to go back to this, but Alex Steves, Alex Steves in the first period, um, it was on the power play, his ability to like he pulled the spin move um in tight and then he had i think it was like maybe 20 seconds after he takes the puck towards the net uh puts one far side and it rings off the goal post and steve's like i said he's so strong in his lower body um you know he was really getting pressed on and just the strength to just the small areas of the ice he's able to still contribute and that is why i'm pushing for him to make the team because I've noticed so much growth in his development. Um, I've already spoken on this podcast how last season Haley Wickenizer uh, gave credit to Alex Steves, uh, calling him the like the guinea pig, and you know there was a lot of talk about how she believes that he's the hidden gem here, and you know he looks really good, um, really really good. I, he just makes the simple plays. He's making good reads, hard on the forecheck. He's always pushing. He's always 100% effort. Um, you know he's not afraid to rub out a guy or finish his hit. But he's just gritty, and he's tough, he's scrappy, he's in the corners, um, really, really uh, good in the puck possession side of the game. Uh, there's a lot of plays, like I said, he makes a simple read. He's not one to turn the puck over uh, routinely, uh, very simple guy. He's not going to go end-to-end or amaze you with you know his skating and his speed or anything like that. It's just his willingness to work and doing the easy things routinely that is why I want him on this team because I think he provides a little bit of an offensive scoring um, production from your bottom six if he does make the team and I think right now he's really earned that spot compared to some of his competitors although I I know it's a little bit tough of a numbers game here in Toronto with that bottom six so maybe he might have to start the season with the Marlies but so far I've been really impressed with him and re-watching this game and breaking down the film there was not a lot of chances going the other way when Steve was on the ice he was very very reliable and uh, credit to him because you could tell he's really put in the work. 
Now, the third thing that I noted here, going back to Robertson, I kind of feel bad because, like I said, I was harsh on the last episode, but there was a mistake that made me super nervous um, re-watching this. And I have to say, before Murray um, made his start, I went back, it was maybe three or four days ago, and I watched Murray's last start with the Arizona Coyotes just to see if maybe, you know, the new goalie coach here in Toronto, Curtis Sanford, would make any adjustments to his glove or anything like that. You know, Murray's a guy that's been beaten on his high glove quite a lot in his NHL career. It's it's a known problem um, to pretty much anybody that's watched hockey. Uh, they always make fun of Matt Murray's glove. It's kind of a joke um, to a lot of social media accounts. But I was kind of watching to see maybe if they change his technique. Everything looks sort of similar. Maybe his gloves dropped about a little bit. But um, you know, there's the, so in that game, he goes out, it was Arizona against the Ottawa Senators and Matt Murray goes out to play the puck. Uh, the Senators just scored five unanswered goals. Uh, Arizona led the game five, four, I'm for, sorry, four, nothing. Ottawa scored five. They're winning five, four. It's late in the game. Murray goes out to play the puck after his team finally gets the lead. The first time on the night plays the puck. I don't think he picked up on the coverage. Arizona was, uh, coming in with. They marked both sides of the flanks for him to kind of just dump off the puck behind the net. Uh, instead, he forces it uh, right into the Arizona forward that sent it to Clayton Keller. And Clayton Keller just finished it. I don't remember exactly who was the one that passed it to him. But uh, it was a bit of a, a cautious mistake by Murray who, you know, he didn't really read the coverage well and kind of just uh, forced it. And it didn't work well at all. And that was something that almost happened in this first period, right? Now, this one, it's hard to really blame Murray because he does come out of his net. He's in his stance, right? Plays Nick Robertson. Um, Nick Robertson, though, backhands it into the slot, trying to find Yarncroke on the breakout. Almost gets turned over um, since the Ottawa Senators uh, defenseman had him marked on the inside. Almost got right, like, literally to an exact play of what happened in Murray's last start um, where, you know, he would have had an empty net and would have been a goal. But that's just, you know... That was something I was watching. They got to clean up. I'm going to be watching in the regular season is how does Murray communicate with his defense? It's hard to really evaluate his first start uh, with some guys that weren't weren't going to be in the lineup and some weren't going to be playing at the back end um, like Kerfa and Yarncroak. So uh, I don't think that's too much to panic about right now, but that was just something that, you know, I saw that in the last game and I was like, oh man, like that's tough. Your team just scored five goals to bail you out. And then you make a mistake like that. That's that must be deflating, and um, you know to see that happen again is a little bit of something I'm going to jot down. Now, the next thing I wrote down was you don't really appreciate Nylander until you just focus on him. And Nylander is he's a star. And anybody that disrespects him, you know my tag on Twitter. Come and argue with me because this guy is for real. He is a special player. He has top ten talent. Raw talent, just raw talent. He has top 10 raw talent in this league, in my opinion. Um, is he a top 10 player? No, but his talent, I will argue for sure that he's top 10. If he found, you know, if he put his game just all together, for sure he could be a top 10 player. I'm not doubting that. I think he is special. But we just haven't seen, you know, him skate as fast as he does in the offensive zone, in the back end, and in the defensive zone. But this guy, the way he's able to just slow down the game, he can burn you when he's, you know, using his speed. He's very fast, but he's just just calm. And he brings that factor where I think it was Holmberg and him. It was a mini two-on-one. He gives him the give and go, just slows down the game. Any other forward, in my opinion, I think once they got the draw pass, 
would have just ripped one on net. But instead, Nylander finds Holmberg again with that through pass right on the stick of Holmberg, who should have scored that. Very lucky save by Montembeau. Hits the knob of his uh, paddle. That would have been a beautiful goal. Nylander deserves more recognition than he's than he gets. And I get that he's streaky. Like, for sure, there's games where he'll, you know, have four points a night or something, and then he won't score for another seven. But that's how it goes. And He's an elite playmaker. He's an elite player in this league. Um, if you can get Nylander, this production from Nylander, with Marner and Matthews and Tavares clicking, this team's going to win a lot of games despite their goaltending. I know there are some people that don't think they're going to make the playoffs. <clears throat> uh, some writers that think they're the most, uh, sorry, the most likely to miss in, in the Atlantic, which to me makes no sense. Like, what? That was pure clickbait. Don't even start me on that. That was brutal. Um, but yeah, Nylander, there's a lot of haters out there for him. He's a special player. I just drafted him in my fantasy league. I expect him to have his best season of his NHL career. That's not too much of a hot take, in my opinion. He looks real. He looks good. Like I mentioned on last episode, he's a guy that's always looked good in preseason. Seems like he always starts off the year strong. But the new tinted visor to help with his migraines. Don't be surprised Nylander shocks the world this season and puts up some ridiculous stats because he looks good, he looks sharp, and he looks like he's starting to really trust his game. And he even got some looks at center, which I'm going to talk about in a bit. But Nylander, he looks awesome so far, and I'm really excited to see what he can bring. I expect a big season for 88. Uh, now, next year that I have jotted down is Holmberg. And this one, not much of a surprise since I was just talking about Nylander. But Holmberg had these two opportunities in the first period um, where he probably – it was off the knob, like I just mentioned. And there's one where the puck comes back into the slot. Uh, he puts a backhand on that, and it almost goes in, but it was a good save by Montembeau. He looks good. Holmberg is a guy that, you know, Kyle Dubas, like I said, on I think it was like his – End of the year, his closing interview said that he's a guy that he expects to, you know, kind of push for a roster spot next season. And he's coming to camp and done. So, like, he does not look out of place. Uh, he's meshed really well with Nylander and other players. He's a guy that he's not going to go score the flashy goal or make the flashy plays. He's always in the right space at the right time. He's a calm player. He's really good on both ends of the ice. Um, always the first guy back, going back and rewatching the film. You, sh- you could see, like, he's really devoted to playing the defensive side of the game as well. And as a centerman, you want that from, uh, you know, the guys that are taking the faceoffs for you. And he looks good. And his skating's good. He looks strong. He's not the tallest guy. Um, but he's a guy that, with John Tavares' injury, I hope he makes the team because I think he's deserved it. Um, in my opinion, he's been the biggest winner from the preseason. Although you can argue Mulligan. Mulligan's a player, you know, I was kind of high on coming into camp. Um, I was a little bit higher on Holmberg and Steve's though. Uh, still am right now, but Mulligan right now, credit to him. He's looked good too, but Holmberg, in my opinion, you know, the Leafs need center depth right now with Tavares' injury. And I think Holmberg's number one to make the team, in my opinion, so far, if he could keep it up, <laughs> all things pointing to success here in Toronto. Um, but no, no, like for real, he looks like he's going to contribute a lot this season. And you know, that is awesome to have center depth. As good as the Leafs do, uh, it's a little thin right now with a couple injuries. But if Holmberg could be on your opening night lineup, I think this team could be in good shape no matter who's out of the lineup. I th- I'm high on Holmberg. Um, next, I have nodded. I have jotted down here is McMahon. And this guy's just so fun to watch. He's out there just stapling guys to the boards, clearly knocking them right off their skates. And 
he's fun to watch. Like I said, he brings that grit and that physicality that Leafs Nation has been crying for. Well, most, not all. Um, and, but one thing about him is, you know, I wouldn't be surprised he gets a couple games with the Maple Leafs if there is injury. We know he's had some ups and downs in his developments. You know, former uh, Growlers winger. Uh, then an injury happens, calls up to the Marlies, never really looked back, went on a crazy pace in the AHL and finished with some good statistics. But McMahon, I don't think he's going to make the team because of his edge work. And there's times watching this game where, you know, I'm breaking it down and he blows a tire in the neutral zone. He goes behind the net for a wraparound, blows a tire. Like he fell down a lot. I think I counted like four times going back in this game. And you know, the reason I'm saying this is I, I he's a straight line player and I'm fine with that. You know, I think it's good to have a, a wide variety of mixes of the kind of players you are in your lineup. But talking to some sources, Kyle Dubas is a guy that is skating his number one priority. So McMahon, maybe not this year, but next year, uh, he's shown a lot of promise. I think he could get some, you know, time here in case injuries do happen, but McMahon right now I think is fourth on my preseason winners. But, man, this guy is awesome, just stapling guys out there. But right now I just don't think he makes the team because of his ability to uh, keep up with the NHL-level skating. Now my next thing I've nodded – I said nodded again. This is awful. Next thing I have jotted down here is Matt Murray. And, you know, coming into this game on the last podcast I said – well, even when this trade is made, Murray's a guy I've watched tons of. And, like, I've told you this, I'm a goalie. I always watch NHL goalies no matter where they're playing just to kind of see, uh, you know, what to take from their game. And Murray's a guy that I've always enjoyed to watch because he's so calm. And the low danger events, he's so good at just being reliable when he's on his game. When he's focused and locked in, he's just so good at keeping things quiet at the back. When in the when in the goal, uh, the goal crease, you want a goalie like that. And I love Marc-Andre Fleury. He's the reason I watch this sport and I'll, I'll live and die by that. But Marc-Andre Fleury, he can be hectic sometimes. And, you know, you need, like, for this Leafs team that has a lot of errors defensively and is very top-heavy, I think it's better to have a goalie in Matt Murray that is quiet and calm, like Samsonov. Although Samsonov's a little bit more uh, athletic and more, I guess, uh, what, how do I describe it? More willing to make the big plays, where Matt Murray's more conservative and uh, just trying to play it safe. But tonight, I saw everything I wanted to. He was always in position. There were some low danger shots from the Canadians for the most part. Um, he was right up against the post on a couple. That's good to see. Very little rebounds. Um, there was one play, though, uh, where it was a shot from, I believe it was Yuri Slavkovsky. And, you know, I talked about Murray's glove a little bit ago, but Murray's glove, especially up high, has always been a problem for his game at the NHL level. And there is a pat, or there is a shot that Slavkovsky fires on net. Murray doesn't catch it cleanly. It was like, it was a weird angle, so I'm not like saying like he should have caught that. He should have caught that. Um, Murray's kind of reaction just gets his glove on it, and the puck goes the rebound right into the slot. And I think at the time it was Joel Armier or something. You know the play where uh, Holmberg stops it on the line. Like uh, I think it was Armia that takes it around Murray, uh, then goes back door. Holmberg's not there. That's a goal. Uh, rewatching this confirmed that. And, you know, that's just a play that could have all easily been avoided if Murray catches that puck cleanly. And, you know, that's something I want to see more from Matt Murray uh, early on here. Just tr- trying to clean that up in his game. You know, I'm sure we're going to see him one more time in the preseason at least. 
just clean that stuff up a bit. Uh, but other than that, he was a rock. And, you know, I can't wait to get my Matt Murray jersey. This guy, like I said, he's going to be a stud. Sam Sonov is going to be a stud. This is a good tandem. I, I'm not worried about it. Don't think you should be either. Uh, if you've listened to this podcast, I've talked about this all summer, uh, defending these guys. So, you know, let's ride. Both these guys in their first appearance appearances have shown well. Now, the last thing I've noted down here is for the second line center spot, right? Clearly up for grabs right now with John Tavares out. Obviously, they're not going to get the bulk of the workload that Tavares was seeing, um, but just kind of a center spot's available right now. I kind of jotted down three guys that I think are pretty much locks. Well, this three guys besides Kerfoot, because I think Kerfoot's everyone's like penciled-in favorite. Uh, so number one is Holmberg. I thought he's impressed me the most so far in the preseason. Uh, his ability to play the middle of the ice. Um, you know, he the structure that he can bring to, he, he's looked like he's always fit the Leaf system. Uh, I've even watched uh, the preseason game from Saturday. Wasn't really out of position. Always the first guy back. Uh, that's what you want to see out of your centerman. Very, very calm style of play. Like I said, he always finds his way to get into the open space. Great, great, great reader of the game. Um, and, you know, alongside a guy like Nylander who's available, he's who just opens up the game and stretches out the offense. I think this duo can do some real damage. And although, you know, it's pretty unlikely we'll see Holmberg and Nylander uh, when the regular season starts, I'm still happy with Holmberg and what he's bringing so far. So right now, he's my number one option after Kerfoot. Number two here might be surprising, but it's Willie Nylander. And I know, I know, if you're listening to this, you must be, like, confused. Like, what is Josh thinking? But Nylander got some reps at center in this game. And going down and breaking down the tape, the Leafs have a very defensive-heavy bottom six uh, on, on, you know, Zach Aston reese David Camp. Uh, there's a lot of players here that are more devoted to playing the defensive side of the game and keep it low event hockey, which is good. You need that to win. I don't understand that argument. Oh, Zach Astorice won't score. No, but that's not what he's here for. Same with David Kampf. And if you have a line where you're relying on it much more in the offensive zone and then a line you're relying much more on in the defensive side of things, you can still win games. And that's a strategy that it's going to come down to Sheldon Keefe and Kyle Dubas and management and what they decide to do there. But, you know, Nylander as a center, he brings you so much in the offensive zone. He's He would have so much more space to stretch the offense, to stretch the ice, uh, no matter who's on his line. Um, you want to roll Yarn Crock and Malgan, you can do that too. He's just a phenomenal talent. And I know, like I said, his effort and coming back into the defensive side, side of things is a little bit of a question mark still, despite his age. You know, he's been in the league for a little while now. But if you use him as a purely offensive line where, you know, you have a face-off in the offensive zone, you put on Nylander, you put Nylander on in the neutral zone, stuff like that. If you, like the line matchups, basically, is what I'm referring to. If you put him in scoring situations... Maybe put Robertson on the left. We saw that in this preseason game. I think Nylander is more than capable of doing that. And then you have your David Camp line that's doing the exact opposite. You're pl- if the other team sends their top line over the boards, then you throw out the Camp line, right? Line matchups. And this is what Sheldon Keyes paid for, not me. So I'm just I'm just a, like submitting this idea. Uh, this is something I want you guys to think about. Maybe let me know. You can uh, come to my DMs, and I'm always down to talk Leafs no matter what time of the day. Uh, or night. So this is an idea that I've been kind of thinking about. Obviously, this is a more like theory, theory, deep, in-depth dive. But 
if you want to use Nylander as an offensive line and Camp as you know a low event defensive line, I'm completely okay with that. And I think you could be very successful because the top line and the Matthews, Marner, and Bunting line very good in both ways. So I'm completely fine with having a mix like that. Now the third guy I have written down here is obviously Cal Yarncroke. This guy, another Swiss Army knife, can play anywhere inside on the wings and now apparently defense too. Uh, you know, it wasn't really talked about this offseason. You know, he gets a four-year deal. All I saw was complaints about it. What is Dubas doing? Giving term. Of course, you give term to guys like this. Didn't score with Calgary. But I don't think people are realizing. There's an account on Twitter uh, called Evolving Wild. Must follow if you like hockey. Uh, their model projected Cali Yarncroke to get a four times four, basically. Uh, and Dubas got him for a four at 2.1 AAV. That is a steal. And Yarn Croak, like I said, he's had some flashes in his career where he's brought out some real good offense. I went back to the COVID season while he was with the Predators playing in the top six. He was scoring at a really nice pace. Obviously, things fell off. Um, but still, Yarn Croak is going to bring you something that the Leafs didn't really have last year. And that was another player that's able to you know slide in the middle, play on the outside, play both wings. He's versatile, and if he needs to play center, Yarn Croak is my third option here because I've really liked what I've seen out of him, but he's another guy too where I kind of feel like he needs to play with a higher-end talent, uh, whether that's Matthews or Tavares when he's back because I think Yarn Croak, if you just use him the way he was used in the first preseason game where he's in the space and you just you know find him for that shot, that extra you know push of offense, I think he'll have his most productive season. Um that's basically all from the film breakdown. I thought, like I said, the Leafs were very, very good structurally. Um, really happy with their game at Scotiabank Arena. Now let's slide over to the preview of tonight's game. Tonight's game, not the strongest lineup for the Maple Leafs. Um, you know, practice today, there was some big news coming out that um, defenseman Carl Dahlstrom will be having surgery. So he is going to miss the next six months at the minimum uh jordy ben dealing with an injury as well will miss at least three weeks uh so you know as we get into the preview here i just wanted to mention that quickly um here let me pull up the center's lineup tonight so in goal uh well their goaltenders on the roster bebo forsberg and mondelese i think forsberg's getting the start tonight on defense is zub holden bernard docker gannett Roger, Bernard, Rubens, former Leaf, um, Shabbat, Shabbat's playing. Watch out for Shabbat tonight. Uh, to Chuck for forwards, Norris, Howerluck, Watson, Stutzel, uh, Batherson, Gambrell, Lucini, Kelly, Wedman, Boucher, uh, Crookshank, and Cartier. Crookshank, remember him from the second game at Scotiabank Arena. He got the goal there. Um, but a player to watch tonight is Tyler Boucher. Right winger, top pick last season. A lot of people projected him towards the middle rounds of the draft, and the Ottawa Senators picked him pretty high in the top 10. So I'm going to be watching Tyler Boucher to see how he does. Uh, to, talking to prospect people, you either love him or you hate him. Uh, he's a physical forward. Somebody uh, told me that he's kind of a Tom Wilson projectory, so that's interesting, and uh, apparently that's why he went that high. But to me, I, I don't really think that Tyler Boucher was the best pick in that area, but... I'm excited to watch him tonight. Um, like I mentioned for the Leafs side of things, tonight's inactives, well, they're not playing, it's pretty much the whole regular team. 
Uh, the lines I practiced today for the not playing group was Michael Bunting, Austin Matthews, Mitch Marner, Nylander, Kerfoot, Yarncroak, Abruzizi, Blandisi, Gaudet, Clifford, Douglas, Ellis, and then Slager was getting reps, switching in with Ellis. On defense, Jake Muzzin and Morgan Riley, Mark Giordano, TJ Brody, Miller and Hoffenmeyer and Helixson and Kapchak. Murray and Ferguson were also the goalies. Um, so now let's go to tonight's lineup for the Leafs. On the top line, we have Mulligan, Holmberg, and Robertson. On the second line, we have Aston Reese, Kampf, and Albe Kubel. On the third line, we have McMahon, Diargan Chinsev, and Anderson. And on the fourth line, we have Steves, Shaw, and Simmons. Uh, on defense, we have Crawl and Hall. Uh, nope, that's an actual pairing. I'm not just rhyming there. Uh, the second pairing is Mete and Villanueva. Uh, the third line pairing is Refi and Hollowell. And I don't think we're going to see Hoffenmeyer or Pe- Petronario. So I think Refi and Hollowell will start uh, in this game. And Chalgren and Ferguson. Um, Ferguson's probably going to be the backup tonight uh, for... No, sorry, Sam, yeah. Yeah, actually, yeah, Shulgren will probably be the backup for Sam Sonov. Actually, never mind. I take that back. I forgot Sam Sonov was starting the whole game tonight. Um, he will be enough for all three periods. That's another thing to watch. How does uh, Sammy do uh, in a full game this time against an Ottawa opponent that is playing a lot of NHL regulars? It's going to be a good game. I highly suggest you watch this one uh, to see which Leafs make an impact because I think after tonight's game, you're going to start to see the cuts start to come in so thank you guys for listening to the battleborn lease podcast i hope you enjoyed i hope i sorry i hope you enjoyed my film and review breakdown and uh let me know if you guys enjoy this like i said reach out to my dms my mentions and um if you guys really enjoy this we'll keep it going through all season long for all post games thank you guys again for listening to the battleborn lease podcast happy international podcast day and we'll be back with you guys probably tomorrow for a post game recap after tonight's game
kick some ass.